find yourself swept away by the constant change and turmoil around you? Whether personal or professional, these challenges can keep us from living a life of peace and productivity. I'm Liz Hurl, a licensed clinical marriage and family therapist, and I want to show you data-driven strategies to help bring stability and peace to your life. Welcome to the Anchored in Chaos podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back. So we're going to jump right into it today. I am going to do a quick highlight, but we're going to jump right into it. This is is a big one. We might have to break it up, right? We may have to break this one up because it is intense. Um, We decided to look at... Look at all that that research. We took some (laughs) tests. We we took took some tests. Three tests each, right? We did. We did take three tests each, and we wanted to learn more about how our personalities affect our whole lives, like mm-hmm. our person, because we, I think we are under constant ridicule of self. So maybe figure out why we are the way we are. Yeah. Tell them, tell them what tests we took. Well, <clears throat> the one we're going to dissect today, which is kind of fun and we would welcome Dr. Peterson to review this is yeah. understand myself. That's the exam that he created with his partnerships of individuals. Yeah. And it has a lot of young 12 archetypes in that, in that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get to all those. We also did Carl Jung's 12 archetypes Mm -hmm. and two, two similar tests, two similar tests, Jungian fashion, right? Style. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to be able to, cause we just spent an hour and a half going through this. And so that we won't be able we to get more than that. We have more than that. Taking them analysis, uh, the analysis and then our back and forth between that. We picked it apart pretty good. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And so where we're going to start is with this one, because we don't want it to be too overwhelming. And the idea around this, our personality affects everything about our physical and mental health. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Kudos to Dr. Peterson, who we're very much in awe of these days. I, I liken him to a modern day Socrates in many ways, but we appreciate the fact that we have tests like this. There's a skeptical side towards many of these tests that are being offered up. And we don't view, I don't, and I don't encourage others, don't view this as a giant fortune cookie. Right. This, <laughs> right, right. This, this is, this is. Oh, when we get into it, you saw, I got pretty we do. fired up. We do. Like, and uh... we're even going to do, you know, we'll even disclose that. You took his test twice because I did take it twice. I challenged you to the fact that, well, wait a second, I want you to retake the test just because I saw some things that I agreed with and you saw some things that you sharply disagreed with. So I had to retake the test. Now, in fairness, in a scientific format, it would be nice if you took, for as a for instance, if we were to suggest take a test like this. Take the same test, mm-hmm. one test a day, but five, take the same test five times. Mm-hmm. And then in that, you're able to then, without looking at the results of each test, grade it, go through the next one, grade it. Now take your scores and average those scores and see what you get. Now I would very much say that it would be a far more scientific sample than to just a one-time shot, but you do pay for these. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do pay for these. Um, they are ten dollars. They are ten dollars, and they're available. Well, they're worth it. I, I don't Absolutely. think that it was. What it, I think it's important to talk about why I did decide to initially retake the test is because when I got my results, I was like, "This doesn't seem to like it's the way the assessment is set up. It's it's opposite of when 
it's a, gr a strongly agree, agree, uncertain. Dis yes, it's yes. Law. It's, it's switched. It's a bubble fill-in format. Yeah. Right. And on one test, it shows it's agree to the left, disagree far, or highly disagree to the right. Mm -hmm. Now you take the other exam and that flips. Mm -hmm. Now even if there's a momentary hiccup, if you mismark, and that's why I challenged you, and you saw change, right? Well, yeah, I, I absolutely saw a change. Yeah. But what's important to know is that we had taken other exams that the, that's exactly their format was exactly. opposite of this one. Exactly. So my brain was kind of like, I don't know. Nonetheless, but, I was much... But you know, also too is that there's a disclosure in the beginning of the yes, test in this, this format important. that tells you, don't take this when you're in a rush. Mm -hmm. Don't take it when you're hungry. Don't take it when you just had a fight with your boyfriend or mm -hmm. your significant exactly. other or your dog got ran over. That's not a good time right. to take this test. Probably not. Take it when you're settled down. to self-evaluate in a crisis moment. Exactly. <laughs> just take it, take it in a time when you have some time. To right. yourself, okay? So let, let's get going here. Let's all right. <clears throat> so we're going to really, I think this is such an honesty moment for you and I, because we're going to reveal all of our results to everyone. And Are we? Okay, I'll some. <laughs> some. I'm, I'm, I will be open, but we'll... Well, well your openness, well, we'll get I know, to I know, I know. So we're going to go over, okay, so the big five personality models are... Agreeableness, conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism and openness. Right. So those are the big five. Mm -hmm. Now they, they each have a subcategory. For agreeableness, the subcategory is? It's compassion and politeness. Conscientiousness? Is industriousness and orderliness. Extroversion? Is enthusiasm and assertiveness. Neuroticism? Is withdrawal and volatility. Openness. Intellect and aesthetics. Yes. Right. So those are the, we're going to kind of break those down in a little bit and just review what we got and well, what they said. I take the time. It's just my way of compartmentalizing those things in my brain. So taking a post-it note, writing down my scores and this, we're not in competition. We're, what we're looking for is how does it apply? And do you think, well, that seems pretty, I mean, there are things on here where like, oh my gosh, that's me to a, a, to a T. Mm -hmm. And there's other ones on here where I wrote in my margins, ouch. Yeah. That punches you right I wrote, in the absolutely yeah. not. But <laughs> Yeah, you did. I, I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. So we'll explore that. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. And be kind, even though it's going to be challenging. We so will, yeah. We're going to start with agreeableness. Okay, yeah. So I got 77. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk about those percentages, what that means. Yeah, right. So all of the numbers represent a percentile. So you got a 77, mm -hmm. which puts you rel relatively high. And it's how this is as a percentile as you walk into a room of 100 people. If you were a 77, there's only mm -hmm. 23 above you. Right. Right. So it means that you are relatively high in that crowd of, of, of agreeableness. I got a 46, which means if I walk in a crowd, more than half of the crowd is way more agreeable than me. That checks out. Yeah, whatever. So I think I'm a very agree. But the, the point being, the point being is we are careful to make sure that people understand that you clearly define what mm -hmm. that means, right? Mm -hmm. And and it does, right? It does. It, it'll, it'll break it down for us, mm -hmm. right? So explain to the folks what that means then. Agreeableness is a very complex trait with marked positive and negative elements all along its distri distribution, mm -hmm. excuse me. Because of this, higher scores and lower scores need to be explained at the same time. People on high, in a high agreeableness are nice, compliant, nurturing, 
kind. I'm not going to skip over that one because that's not me, but trusting. <laughs> and conciliatory. And I'm not that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you are. You don't think you are. But go ahead. And now, is this in a line? I just want you to know because these, these aren't always the same because your scores are different than mine. Yeah, right. So, but right now we are in a, what I'm reading what yours states. So anytime you have a different score and you look at this, if you're comparing side by side, this is a description of my score. She has a description of her score. So mine is 46, which would mean it's a complex trait. It's marked with positive and negative elements. Because of the higher score and lower scores, they need to be explained at the same time. Very similar. However, because of their tendencies to avoid conflict, they often dissemble and hide what they think. First, when I was reading this, it's really kind of vulnerable when you start looking at, at yourself at this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm like, I really want to caution people to be very compassionate towards self when you're looking at this. And there is compassion. And because you want ideally really good things about your personality. Right. But when you get to avoid conflict and hide what they think, I'm like, if I were to be honest, I truly do that. <clears throat> I do avoid conflict. Yeah. And hiding what I think avoids the conflict, honestly. It's like, well, I'll yeah. just keep that to myself because the, it's just not worth it. To continue with mine, because yours are relatively high, mine are low. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right out of the bat, it, it indicates people in low with low disagreeableness, they're not so nice. They're stubborn, they're dominant, they're harsh, they're skeptical, competitive, and extreme, even predatory. That's nice to know. However, they tend to be straightforward and even blunt, so you know where they stand. That I would say is a quality I do possess. I, I, I do try to speak my mind when I think is right. Mm -hmm. But I'm not so nice. I think I'm a nice guy. I'm not sure. We'd have to we have to go through that, right? Right. I think that, again, it's relative for situations and experiences and things that we encounter on a daily basis. It's not like you're walking around with a huge chip on your shoulder. Right, right. Because of my level of agreeableness, I'm somewhat cooperative. I uh, warm to others fairly quickly, and I'm, I have a great consideration for other people. They're also pretty tolerant inter, in interpersonal communications and situations, meaning I, I can do it, but as we go through this stuff and we describe other elements, these things twist and they go back and forth. It's, it's a, a scale. little bit of a roller coaster ride. It's, and there's just some interpretation, mm -hmm. but there's a scale, and that's why they break them into subcategories, too, because mm -hmm. this plays into neuroticism and, and other things, those other key facets. It can become kind of complicated, but we're just going to roll through this, what we had, and then we'll pick it apart. Yeah, and I don't want to yeah, make it too... It can um, get complicated. It can. Because we, we, we sat... We have about three hours into this. Easily. Yeah, easily. 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 Tell me more about yours. Well, I'm pretty cooperative and warm and considerate. Um, they're likely to look for even, or look for, and sometimes I always look for the best in others. That's mm -hmm. something that I always try and do and help people see that. I do not like seeing people's feeling their, their, when their feelings are hurt, I can acknowledge that and mm -hmm. I don't care for that. Mm -hmm. And I do prefer peace and harmony. I'm not a yeah. hippie, but I do. Prefer yeah. <laughs> well, nothing, nothing the matter with that. Uh, Mine indicates that I'm, uh, I'm forgiving and I'm flexible and gentle and patient I would hope so as a doctor that I possess those kind of at least bedside manners. I can be quite good at bargaining. I mean, I am as a business. I'm I'm quite good at bargaining. I like to get the I like to get the most expensive thing as cheap as I can. But more importantly, I want it to always be a win-win-win. And I like I, I especially like to negotiate for people who have been stuck in negotiations. Right? I like to intervene and go, Hey, let's let's step back here, take a 
little use a little De Bono and uh, Bertolonfi lateral logic here. Let's put ourselves in the middle and go, hey, what do you need and what do you need? And let's find let's find no common ground, ground where it's mm-hmm. win, win, win. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty forgiving. It says somewhat on here. And accepting, flexible. Yeah. And I I don't care for the word pity. It says they tend to feel pity for those who are excluded, punished, or defeated. I tend to, I, it's probably just picking over something, you know, the word. But I do not like it when I see that people are excluded for no reason or just out of cruelty for whatever reason. Yeah. So those things I don't care for. Well, I want to jump down to a little bit. I was going along. So I going along thinking, well, yes, this is me. This is especially when it's favorable. And we had to pull this apart because they may also find it somewhat difficult to engage in arguments and may even avoid discussions with less agreeable people. At first I was like, absolutely. I will abs- meet an argument or a discussion or a disagreement. But when upon reflection with you, I said, you know, really, when I think about this, I size up my individual that I'm encountering. Mm-hmm. And I, I call that what it is, a greater negative or a positive trait. What is the potential result of this? Is there going to be a resolve? Do I feel like I'm able to you know, speak clearly to this individual and they're going to be able to um, understand what it is that I'm trying to get across? Or are they such a disagreeable individual right. that it's fruitless for me? And I'm just like, you know what? It's really not right for me. Yeah, you're... And I definitely do that. I, yeah. I, I do that. I'm like, ah, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. You can just think you're right in your world and that's fine. Yeah. And again, this is a description of what this test may reveal about us. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the real world, interpersonal communication and interaction, those things will vary situation to situation, person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not be in the mood to put up with anybody's crap that day, or you may be very irritated for something else. And I don't, I really don't want to pile on. So, hey, you just believe in what you want to believe, whatever, have at it. I'm going to go over here and do my thing. Though that's, that's just how we do it. But no, I, I, I do see. like that description. I, I noticed that at the end it has to do with... Uh, less agreeable people. Less agreeable people, mm-hmm. right? That, which is what so, I spoke to. So we've had conversations where we bounce. It's We're volleying, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're back and forth and we're trying to keep it even. Every so often I'll try to give a, give you a hard spike and you need to return that and you'll do that to me too. But it's that pushback where we have the, a valid discussion, right? Mm-hmm. That's what everyone needs is that sometimes... We need a good push. We need we need to have somebody put some pressure on us so that we can crack through and go into these uh, new discussions. We have absolutely have had constructive, critical conversations mm-hmm. that are very challenging. But with the understanding that the individual wants to, for me, and that's one of the things when I'm talking about this, when I state for me, my personal review of this is how I'm evaluating this, right? Right. That's what you're speaking to. When an individual does this, you'll ideally do the same thing. I can speak to myself and saying, oh, this is where I tend to do this. Yeah. When you're trying to discuss stuff like this, what you're trying to do is establish ground rules and go, hey, look, we're going to try to explore this truthfully. Right. And we do not have to agree. Right. But we're going to try to find some truth in this. And you be as open-minded as you possibly can and entertain these types of things. And if we get to some type of impasse, we just move on. And if you'd like to come back and revisit, we'll revisit in a different frame of mind. One thing I wanted to point out about mine is that because of my low score, what they call low scores, I'm under 50, I'm 46, they, I possess, I typically possess traits. I'm less prone to sacrifice medium and long-term stability 
for the function and sake of short-term peace, mm -hmm. right? I got the same. Yeah. What that spells out and for you, for me, mm -hmm. is quite frankly, my being disagreeable. I'm going to stand my ground when it comes to the point where, hey, I can do this now and be comfortable and we'll handle that later. Well, I am not going to kick that can down the road if I mm -hmm. see that that can just gets bigger and bigger and I'm kicking it uphill. Handle the problem. Handle it now while it's small. Jordan always says it, it's far easier and it's a heck of a lot more convenient to wade into your problem now and slay the dragon when he's little than to when he's this giant monster. And I am that way. I very much am that way. I, I encourage everybody to do that way, uh, especially on the medical or the physical side. We have, a pro we have a chance to correct a problem now while it's small. Take those actions. Don't wait until we're pressed up against the wall and now I have to. Because quite, quite frankly, in, in all likelihood, your options are now diminished, right? Now I have to do this. I have to do, I have to follow some course or action I wouldn't have even entertained before, but now maybe it's a life-saving event. Take on those problems now, financial, right. whatever that is. When, when you phrased it that way, I guess I, I would say mine, I guess mine wasn't in the same. Because this said that I tend to avoid or to reduce conflict and... I'm tempted to sacrifice the medium to long-term stability for function for the sake of a short-term peace. Mm. If I can settle this down for a minute, yeah. that there's some regulation there. Yes. But in the long-term, how, how does that fare for right, me? Right, right, right. And I, I can definitely say I've done that. In the, in, scope, my... in the scope of your practice, don't let me put words in your mouth, but in the scope of your practice, we sometimes banter about the fact that modern day psychology or behavioral stuff is, well, we're going to meet those people where they are. Okay. But ideally, it's not to keep them there. It's well, to try to move them no, on. No. Yeah, absolutely. But if they are in a place that's really tough, maybe I need to quell the storm. Maybe mm -hmm. I need to knock it down a little bit. And that may be an description of that is, okay, let's not address medium long term yet. Let's just get you calmed down. Mm -hmm. And then let's get you into the rhythm. I, I embrace that too when people face change is that, hey, let's just start one habit at a time. And right. right. So I, I can understand that. I can. Mine also doesn't allow me. It, it tells me that I am prone to handle those situations and not let them stack up, hmm. which is true. But, I apparently like to accumulate mine. Oh, you do. <laughs> you do. There's a kind of a joke in the Navy about. I don't want to go fight this fire. Let's just let it burn down to the water line and we'll talk about it. Well, it doesn't make much sense, does it? The idea is go handle the problem. Maybe it's a bunch of problems. Small leak, loose nut, fix those problems. I don't like them to stack up because pretty soon it's a big leak and it's missing nuts and it's missing, right? Look, take care take care of that stuff in what we would call almost a maintenance type of schedule in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. No, I, absolutely. And I think that it's interesting how we have this, even as we're, we're discussing the differences, where you're willing to meet this and I'm and maybe willing to have just momentary peace, that this goes right into the difference of men and women. Women are higher in agreeableness yeah. than men. Yeah. And I think that just because of keeping the waters calm and keeping things consistent and okay, I mean, there is that where men tend to have maybe that more, you know, assertive piece of them of yeah, very much finding so. that yeah. clarity from their perspective or whatever. I mean, it makes sense to me. Hormonally. Right. That This is all about they're very that openness. Oh, men. just men. Yeah, mm -hmm. just men have hormones. This is all about, in that description, this, this has to do with the fact that there is a competitiveness 
that's innate to all of us. And in this agreeableness, it's, no, that's mine. That's not an agreeable situation. And it could be as basic as food, shelter, sex, mate, all of these things. I made notes in mind that I think that it's women do have higher rates of agreeability, but most incarcerated individuals are men, and that most people that are highly disagreeable are 98% of the population. They're the people in jail. Mm-hmm. Just can't get along with people. That's right. They just, man, they just are not good with people. But I also say the primary difference between criminals and non-criminals is the disagreement. That's part of part mm-hmm. of the information. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, you know, I made a, a note in my margin about birth order. Mm-hmm. We right? talked about that. Mm-hmm. If you're from a large family, the oldest is usually a type A, right? They usually get out there and attack the world and they're overachievers. And the baby, who I know a little something about, of the family, it's typically it's pretty chill, right? Everything they, I make jokes that my, my parents were tired by the time I came along. So just do what you want. Well, it wasn't really like that, but I didn't have to endure the rigors and hardships of being the first child because they were new parents and all this. But in openness, I think it's interesting that if you look at the middle child, I'll bet you that their openness is diminished. Hmm. Would you Would you think that that's... I think there's a possibility of that. You sharing that is is something interesting because I it is completely different in my in my family. Right. I am absolutely the type A from from being the baby. And you are the baby. And I am the baby. But you are the only girl. But I am the only girl. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing so. older brothers. Yeah. So, but I was very much so the caretaker, the driven go getter, mm. and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and time and maturity changes all of our status as that goes along. But I just I just find that curious that I was as I was reading through this that birth status <clears throat> changes your changes the hierarchy of where you are in there. And that the oldest is pretty typically achieves, becomes responsible almost immediately, especially if they're younger siblings, because as they enter into young adulthood they be, they take on pseudo parental kinship mm-hmm. roles. And the middle child then um, becomes the baby only to have to surrender that position to another sibling, right? Mm -hmm. As I said before, if it was just three, the middle child would be one thing. But if you had a larger family, you may incur that all the way, you know, that whole series of child three, four, five, and then six being the baby or seven being the baby. I'm not sure. And and this is all theoretical. I just posed the question. That's it's curious. You know, those are things to think about. I thought it was interesting because uh, we talked about this last sentence. This provides strong evidence that biological factors rather than environment yeah. and learning account yeah. for their dissimilarity. Now, uh, one of the things that I posed to you when we were processing this is that I don't know if really goes into childhood trauma because I disagreed with that until you gave me a different perspective. Right. And what I said is, this doesn't seem to account for what happens in childhood and traumatic events that are going on, even momentary or, you know, chronic and how that's going to shape an individual. And then when you shared what the environmental piece about like, so if, what would you say? My father is an engineer and my mother. Yeah. 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 Let's say, let's say you are, let's say, for instance, my Mother, let's say she broke the mold and she became an architect, mm-hmm. but the father was an engineer. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother became a civil engineer. I have engineering and fabrication or design in my whole family, 
and yet here comes the daughter or another sibling or child and they, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of reasons why, hey, that's hard work. There's, it's high risk. It's uh, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of travel, whatever the circumstances are. So those might be the environmental portions I see that is absenteeism in a parent. And, you know, we could explore that completely. But I, I think it's not just behavioral or, or the sex portion. Bi biological it could be bi yeah, yeah, it could more beyond biological. Yeah, it could be an environmental thing, too. And then it really does go into a lot of political views on how this shapes an individual and what they lean towards. And yeah, I, that was, it, and I can understand that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't one of my, it, it wasn't the part that I probably re really reviewed too much of. I was more looking at the components of a person versus yeah, like and the I, political standpoint. You know, in review, I wouldn't tell people, take that with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. However, if you look back and you, if, let's say you took this test and all of the people revealed their results and you did something similar like a caucus and say, hey, reveal your political status and what you got on your openness. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I could, I think I could tend to agree with most of what happens here. What's interesting in here is that for me having, being 46, which is below the mean, which would be 50%, it, what this appears to mean is that I am an, I am that agreeable people strongly identify with those people who feel like they are oppressed, mm -hmm. right? So they almost see a victim situation mm -hmm. and that they identify with them correctly mm -hmm. and immediately. It also means that they, they can see people who are, they perceive as being disadvantaged, meaning they're being exploited, right? Or they're being outnumbered or they're being harassed or, or whatever profiled. But that people who are disagreeable, which my, my agreeability is low, so I would be semi-disagreeable, I see people as being oppressed, right? And I go after the oppressors. I don't have, I don't have a lot of sympathy for the person who's being beat. Mm -hmm. All I see is who's doing the beating. Right, I agree. And this is where, this is where that political realm comes in there. So being military and my whole family being military, it's interesting to me that there's, I believe that there's a, some sort of a patriotic vein that may flow there and that Libre di Oppressor is the actual motto for the Green Berets, who my brother was a Green Beret for 40 years. That's a beautiful symbol of, you know, understanding that they take on that role in, patriot, in a patriotic capacity to go free the people that are being oppressed. Mm -hmm. right? So do you see the victim and act on their behalf? Right. Or do you go after the people? And I have a long history of, I hate bullies. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of baggage with bullies. And the bullies, you know, I, I probably have some classmates that might smile or wink at me about when I tell stories about bullies. But it was tough for me as a small kid in school. I got those bastards back. But, you know, that's not, that's not what this is about. But that seems to be a common thread, right? I mean, it really makes a lot of sense that women with high levels of agreeableness mm -hmm. um, tend to go into careers that are teaching, nursing. I mean, dominate are dominated by women, which is really I, I said to you this to you earlier. It's, it's yeah. nurturing. It's nurturing, and yes. So I became a therapist. So I'm pretty sure that's shocking. I th I th I think it falls into a realm of very common commonsensical thing, but it's not. The, it's not to be. It's not to be sexist. It, oh. None of that. Yeah. It just shows that 
they, they say that in a spontaneous interest, that women seem to tend towards social programs, helping people, um, the capacity to give aid to others, teaching, um, and men are more spatially, more spatially preoccupied with objects, how things work, fixing things. The interesting thing about mind disagree disagreeable people, by contrast, appear to prefer systemizing problems, yes, and with overemphasizing that they are more interested in things, men tend to like stuff, right? But not the people that go along with it. Mm -hmm. I remember, I think it was Jordan Peterson relaying the study that primates, they just gave them a block of wood, mm -hmm. and that male primates, the male primates would take the wood and try to break the wood or hit mm -hmm. their friend with a piece of wood or you know, how does this work? And I use it as another tool. But if you gave the other primate or monkey the same block of wood, they may nurture it. They may carry it and share it and take care of it. And I just think that's interesting. I, th I think that those are in, innate, uh, innate abilities, right? All right. I absolutely, I could not agree more. Yeah, yeah. So now we can move on to another. This is uh, the, the sub section of, of agreeableness of agreeableness mm -hmm. compassion compassion yeah mm -hmm. how did you do what was your score uh 77 oh okay where'd you got that i got a 50 there? i got a 55 i got a 55 oh. yeah well the big eyes don't mean anything it's all relative wait wait until we get to the politeness <laughs> thing and i gotta hey. i gotta oh, good. She, yeah. Yeah. yeah she teased me ruthlessly about being polite go ahead tell me more about compassion well Moderately compassionate people are interested in the problems of other people mm -hmm. and other living things. They are concerned about helping other people avoid negative emotion. Mm -hmm. They make time and do kind things for others, even when they do so that may interfere with fulfilling their own needs and interests, mm -hmm. which is kind of a downside. Mm -hmm. But that's so what is what you got over there? Uh, I got a 55. Oh, it's typical. Puts Tip me typical. Thank you for making me comment. Uh, yeah, essentially the description is the same as yours. Mm -hmm. I'm somewhat concerned about helping others. Somewhat. somewhat. Um, and helping others and help people avoid negative emotions. So I'm helping them avoid these situations. But I'm more than willing to stand my ground even when other people get upset. Right? So I completely agree. That is you to a T. So, so it is. it is that I'm more than willing to intervene or be a part of whatever I can for you. But we're going to get to the truth here. And and that's, and that is, well, let's see issue and, and move on with that. Are you noticeably having a softer side? Does that what you're saying? I have a noticeable softer side. I, they, I do have a soft side. Is it noticeable? The mind's noticeable. I'm not a pushover. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a pushover. So in, in compassion, in my compassion percentile, other people will perceive me as being reasonably sympathetic and nice. Sometimes they turn to me for as a listening ear. Ditto. Um, however, I'm not primarily other persons oriented, right? I, it's not like I'm going, hey, that problem guy's got a problem. He's got a problem. He's got a problem. It's not like I go seek you out or even take the time. However, I, I do do that. It's just I don't have a, it's not a high propensity for me. Mine is more... What's the situation that's causing all this? And I'll address that. Yeah. I do have a high level and am so oriented that I might find it difficult to negotiate my own needs and my, on my own behalf. And 
in doing so may not get the acknowledgement of the work that I'm doing. So as we discussed, that's kind of the conciliatory part where you you kind of sacrifice your own for the good of others, right? I'm leaning into that more, but yes. Yes, it is. You do. You're in that business, and that's exactly what you do. On my side, this helps to ensure that what they get or deserve is appropriate. So mine is, again, I see issues, but mine is to fix the issue, not try to fix the individual person. Yep. And what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do is to find fairness and ensure that they get something equal. You get what you deserve in the Mm -hmm. world. That's my conservative realm. But there is a competition to it, right? In business, in sports, work and achievements, there's that that whole point that I, I, I do resent people who get accolades and reward and recognition for things they didn't earn. Mm-hmm. That's on the back of hard work from other people. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. That's coming up. That's right. One thing I don't know if we mentioned in agreeableness, and I want to make sure that I each category that we end this is like the, the mean and percentile. So yeah. women are... are shockingly higher in, in compassion than men. Shockingly. Shockingly. Mm-hmm. And the mean percentile for women in general per population, men and women, is 61 for women and 39 for men. Yeah. We're going to go right on to politeness. <laughs> and let me tell you who's polite here. This isn't my out lowest of of score, us, by the way. Out of the two of the... Please proceed, All Dr. Right, Pablo. Everyone. How polite are you? Okay. On a percentile, I got 38. Right? This By this description... People who are moderately low in politeness are not particularly differential to authority, nor are they markedly obedient, meaning they may not do so well with authority. Now, I do, but I think by this politeness kind of paints this picture that they can be respectful, but they only to people who clearly deserve respect, right? And they will push back. They will challenge when people are pushing the wrong buttons, doing it incorrectly, unlawfully, undeservedly, they do push back. Some of that's mostly my my own editorial. They're not particularly uncomfortable with confronting other people. But I'm willing to do it. I will do it if I think it's unjust. That's part of the I can't stand bullies thing. All tied together, yes. How about about you there, Miss Politeness? 71. Ooh. Moderately polite people tend to be differential to, oh, I, I, I also, I'm very obedient to authority and making mm-hmm. sure that they are seen and recognized and be respectful of that to the best of my ability. And I do not like to appear too pushy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are more uncomfortable in, challenge, in challenging other people than average. Moderately polite people will try to avoid conflict and basically desire to steer clear of confrontations and or fights. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, when I read this, I said, that's true. I do not like confrontation, mm-hmm. but I will meet it. When, yeah. it bring, when it is brought to me, I will meet it. I do choose not to create it if I, if, if possible. Yeah. And I, the same thing with fights. I can meet you, fight on site, but I, if I can, yeah. if it's not necessary, then why do it? Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm the same way. In this one, it says, on the political realm, those who are liberal politically score somewhat lower in politeness than conservatives. The opposite's true if you have if you've seen that in compassion. Women are higher in politeness than men. Debatable. The mean percentile of women in general is around fifty nine. 
and min it's 41. So look, I'm, I'm right there in the I'm right there in the margins. But I did write here in my highlighter that I am very polite, which makes it official. Oh well, I mean, since you've said it, I therefore I'm sorry, Dr. Peterson, your test is faulty. So that's right. He's now said let's, he's very let's, polite. Let's move on with the science. Uh huh. Conscientiousness. Yes. Another aspect. Yes. The description. Conscientiousness is a measure of obligation, attention to detail, hard work, persistence, cleanliness, efficiency, and adherence to rules, standards, and processes. Conscientious people implement their plans and establish to main order. The two aspects of conscientiousness are industriousness and orderliness. Now, what'd you get over there? 80. Yeah, okay. There we go. What'd you get? I got a 91. Oh, heavens. Here we go. Yeah. See, so it's not a competition, but it's a competition. It's a little bit it? of a competition. Yeah, it's kind of a competition. <laughs> anyway, for me, it reads that for my percentile, people are very high in conscientiousness, are strikingly dutiful. dutiful. And they, they tend to be sloggers. Sloggers, meaning we grind, right? We grind. Okay. Right. They work uncommonly hard and they hate wasting time. They are very unlikely to procrastinate, particularly if they are also below average in neuroticism. Which I am. Okay. It's very, it is very conscientious. You know, if a very conscientious person promises to do something, he or she does it, regardless of the circumstances or without finding excuses. They are uncommonly decisive, they're neat, organized, future-oriented, and reliable. They are not easily distracted. Now, pros and cons, a little of this, a little of that. I would say in general, I would hope that that describes me, and I, I, you'd have to ask others if that's true or not. But according to this, I got good grades in academics. I did not. Neither did I. But, you know, obviously some of these traits are, are learned, and they is there an evolution? I'm not sure. But... As we get older and mature, these things catch up to us. My discovery and turning point in life was when I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Once we corrected that, the doors of education opened right up. Sure, sure. But I can safely tell you that I've never strived to be an A student. I want to have understanding, not good grades. Right. Right. So Comprehension. That's, yeah, I think that that was my... Is that a way out? I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's a bail, a bail point or not, you know, a drop-in point. But it's more important to me that I understand things clearly and have a working knowledge and have good grades, right? Yeah, sure. How about you? Very same paragraph you read. Mm-hmm. It, it, since I follow through with that, I always say that I'm a hustler. I'm always hustling. I'm always moving. I I feel like that there's not a time that I'm not working. I'm constantly working. Um, no, I get a lot of um, drive from that. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's always necessarily a positive thing. Yeah. But I definitely agree with the outline of, yeah. of, of this, what it's saying. In, in that and... Pull back the curtain a little bit. Personally, you pay a price. Right? Oh, absolutely. These, absolutely. These, these people pay a price. These people mm-hmm. are ambitious and they pay a price for, mm-hmm. for the successes they have in mind. Very conscientious people are highly to are, oh, I read that part about grades, but they're, they typically make good administrators and managers, right? So they're in leadership position. Mm-hmm. They have everything. They like everything in a proper place, which has advantages and disadvantages, and they are likely to be over-concerned with detail. Pros and cons, right? Pros and cons. I even make little marks sometimes about OCD. Some people can be micromanagers, and they mention this later on. They can be strikingly guilt-prone. And that is definitely, yeah, something that although, resonates with me. Yeah, according to, though, some of the marginal work here, although they do seem to organize their lives so that they don't feel real guilt, 
right? It's it's just, you know, I really should do this. But it's not like I'm laying it in. Oh, my gosh, I didn't get that done. We just organize that again. We come. My father used to say, you can work as hard as you want to be work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the thing. And, and that's, also, that's a simplicity way of thinking about absolutely. that. But I think that at the same time, one of the things that, you know, it pops down to is you're reacting bad, badly to failure. Here's the self-critical piece. Like, that, yeah, it sounds like a conscientious person has great drive and they're driven and they're very well ideally organized at accomplishing goals. Well, that self-critical piece is probably very high. Yeah. And I know it is because um, there's all these elements yeah, that, which, 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 that are for self. And I shared with you, you may have observed when I make error in something and I get very frustrated You're with hard myself on yourself. and yeah. I, I can't stand, like, I just get so frustrated. I should have caught that. Why didn't I catch that? Yeah. You know, I have everything aligned. I have all my ducks in a row. Why didn't I catch that? Yeah. And so that's so where you, we have to be I a little you, bit. I make you a cup of coffee. Yes. I sit you down mm-hmm. and then we start over. Yes. <laughs> and so, I'm still mad, but that, yes, yes. All those things. Are so this is one of the things I told you earlier. There's sometimes you get punched in the gut. And that is in this next sentence, very conscientious people are also hyper susceptible to shame, self-disgust and self-contempt. What I just explained. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I- it's not like I said, these are these are the parts of our personality that I think are important for us, where I always talk about at the end, you talk about take care of yourself. And I say, be compassionate to yourself. I think these are key yeah. areas that we overanalyze this draw. This draws on our excessive thoughts of negative self-despair of like, why am I the way that I am versus giving ourselves some grace and compassion around, all right, maybe I'm hard on myself, but these are actually yeah. positive attributes or not necessarily. Yeah. We just have to monitor and balance them a little yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From on the athletic side of the house, I would say this as a coach and athlete <clears throat> to know that there are things that you want to substantiate, initiate, and make historical in your life. And that is are you going to follow a feedback loop that's good or bad? And if you are that type of person, you don't want to. There's a thing called in, in golf called the yips. And that's when people, every time they make a short putt, it's called the yip. They always lip out the cup, right? Something's throwing them off just a little bit. What they'll happen to do is a stupid, you know, they'll slam their putter. They'll punch themselves. They'll curse, whatever. They lose their anger. Well, what you're doing is you're establishing this feedback loop, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Pretty, 100%. Pretty soon, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. I used to tell a joke about the man who bought a puppy. He didn't tend to the puppy. Every time he'd come home, there'd be a dog mess. He would swat the dog on the nose with a newspaper and throw the dog out the window. Well, what's the dog learn? Every time the dad gets home, he just poops on the floor and jumps out the window. Well, what's, well let's take the swatting out of it, right? That's That's the part of... You know, do we need to spin that into affirmations? And that is, it's okay. Stand back, deep breath. What did I do wrong? Okay, we don't do that again. But studies show I can either go through the mechanics of going, look, I have to do this and do this and do this, or I can just motivate myself. Hey, relax. I've done this before. Just think that, you know, if it, if, if it is a putt, that putt's as big as a basketball hoop. And I'm standing right next to you, just put it in, right? Well, and right there, I hear you're talking about critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of going back on, I, I really like where this highlights a positivity in my, from my perspective. And that is highly conscientious people are fundamentally committed to personal responsibility. Mm. And I, I take a lot of pride in that because I think that I, I like being responsible for myself and ownership of my actions. And it's not always super fun, but I, I feel like probably in, in my belief system of self and my moral compass, that that makes me a pretty good person yeah. from my, my personal viewpoint. No. 
Now, the other part of that is that um, I, I agreed with this, that I, that they tend to be convinced those who work, those who work hard should be well rewarded or well versus those who don't deserve their failure. Yeah. And this is going to sound kind of harsh, but I agree with that. <laughs> Sounds super harsh. I'm just like, if you want to do it, go do it in the idea. And, and, and it's not that simple. I always, I share that with a lot of people, but. Don't expect something and we are living and I don't want to, you know, spiral off into somewhere else, but we're living in a society that things should just come to me because therefore I want them or I like them or should have them, but I don't have to work for them. Right. And that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then it's like, well, I didn't get what, what I want and this didn't work out. Well, that's what you get. You're, you're, you're talking generational stuff. So if we talk to millennials, to Gen Z, to... We get into this cultural thing about entitlements mm -hmm. and we get into this discussion of what's hard work and what's hustle and what's, mm -hmm. well, everybody wants the Benjamins, but nobody wants to go out and earn one, right? right. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Well, it takes hard work. I like that you bring that up. In my notes, I put, damn, I agree, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's it's rough. This is, this is part of the, did you earn it or not, right? You got to mm -hmm. be an earner, right? If you're going to be in some type of organization that's successful, you better be rowing in the same direction mm -hmm. or you're a dead weight. Mm -hmm. And what will it do? What an organization will do? They'll get rid of you. Mm -hmm. If you continue to join organization after organization and all you expect is to be pulled in that wagon instead of pull the wagon, right. that organization has nothing. It wants nothing to do with you. You have to be able to do that. But individually, you have to tell yourself, hey, I've been to three jobs. They all don't seem to be working out. Hey, what's the common thread? It's you. And I'm big on, got to work for it, right? Got to work for it. Um, so, yeah, I really aligned with that. As yeah. Well. The, the interesting thing in here is that they can also take the people who are very much very conscientious like me. If you've ever been in charge of other people and you're doing work for a third party, and I've had people under me, <clears throat> I take responsibility for everybody under me. In a chain of command, it doesn't matter where I am. If I'm the captain of that ship, I'm in, I, I run the boat, right? Mm -hmm. If I have a worker or a subordinate beneath me and something happens or is broke or there's an accident, it's ultimately my responsibility. Huh. And whether it's you or three or what I'm trying to say, whether you're alone, you have subordinates or not, we, people who are very subconscious, we tend to bear the guilt of everything that happens, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we carry that too much. And mm -hmm. that, can lend, that can lend to being burnt out, really. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely. burnt mm -hmm. out. So those are things to be aware of is, is when you take these traits and you go, well, you know what, that is me. I, I take work with me home every day. I worry about my employees. I You worry about all those things, right? Right, you have to balance the pros and cons. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. And th that's, where we, that's where you start to tip the scales of pros and cons. Do you need to micromanage? Mm -hmm. Do you need to retrain? Do you need to have, do you need to take the time to have those people literally walk alongside? Let me show you how to do this right. And right. You know what? Here, very conscientious people are more likely to be politically conservative. Huh. Okay. And so I asked you this before. I didn't, I, I just made mention of this. I tend to believe that most businesses are started by people who are very liberally minded, mm -hmm. but they're run by conservatives. Right. And then I challenged you on it because I said I had a sole practice that I built. True. But then I push back and I say, yeah, but, yeah, but you possess those, you possess those liberal qualities that make you creative and you can see 
a job that needs to be filled or a service that can be provided. Mm -hmm. But it takes the rigors of being dutiful, sticking to very much the regime of getting the work done. Orderliness. It's, it's nice to get it started, right? I talk about here later in my notes about starters and finishers. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of stuff in my life. I can tell you that, that I do struggle to finish some things because I get so preoccupied with, hey, there's another thing to do, mm -hmm. right? Well, yeah, we all have that. We all have that. We all, we do. Mm -hmm. but, we do. But it is, it is important, like I said. Women are slightly more conscientious yeah. than men. Yeah, and men rank around 49.5%, mm -hmm. so I got a 91, which means, again, Yes. Am I more feminine? Okay. I'm, I'm transconscious. Women are 51.5, so I'm just going to move right along there. Okay. What's the next subcategory there? Under conscientiousness. Industrious. Industrious. So what you got there? I got an 82, which put me high as a description of, of that characteristic. Highly industrious people are more likely to be successful in school and administration and managerial positions, particularly if they're intelligent. They value work. Helps to be smart. <laughs> they work. They value work highly and typically want to do good at whatever they're doing. They're very dutiful. Uh, they don't put things off and they do not often mess things up. They don't make mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes. Why would you think that would be? Because they are so occupied in order. OCD that oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, they don't allow for a, a error or, or, or a mean of error. Um, and I was, uh, just so you know, you know, you didn't ask, but I... Oh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. What did you get, Liz? 67. I was moderately high. Tell me, what, how does that describe you? It, you read it. Same, same? Same, same. Okay, so same, you, same. you fall pretty much in the, in the majority there. What does it tell you then about starters and finishers? They also, and this was something when we were going back and forth that I think your your verbiage is different than mine because mm -hmm. they put on mine, they also tend to finish what they start pretty much on schedule. Mm -hmm. Is your, I think your yeah, verbiage my, is, no, my, okay. Say, but again, personally, and there are people who would agree that I'm great at starting stuff, but is it begin, sometimes projects become daunting, right? I, I thought I was plugging a leak and now I'm fixing, I'm this thing's just a screen door in a submarine. I can't, I can't chase all the leaks. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's an easier job, and I'll go over there, right? So what do you? Well, mm, see the the therapist in me just popped out. Down. So mm -hmm. what do you think that is that you do that? Okay, mm. I won't. Sorry, anyways, we'll stay on this. It's okay. Like because that the completion of a task list. Like so, I always say that people have these tabs open of task in their mind, and if they've got all these tabs open. And one looks like it's going to be too, the, the challenge of the resolve is going to be a lot longer than this one over here. Then I'll just pop back over to this one. Yeah. And I still find reward because I closed out a tab. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that's a little bit so, of that. You're welcome. So a lot of what you're describing is, well, it can be linked to a very dopaminergic. Correct. Correct. Cycle, right? Mm -hmm. I finish and I correct. But that's it. how we're made. It's so, not like. So how do we address that in a. Project that becomes so daunting. Carve it up. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do the whole thing. Well, so I have eight hours. I can get this done. Right. And that kind of, again, when we reflect back, I think that goes back to when we were talking about when we're making New Year's resolution goals. Oh, yeah. And making them mm -hmm. really, really small and saying, like, in the next two weeks, I'd like to do this, not for the year of 2024. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, that's a little daunting. Yeah, right. That, that, that's, that's exactly it is. You can leave the tab open, but carve it up. 
right? It's it, I, one of my professors, a wonderful man, Dr. Parveen, incredibly person, incredibly uh, brilliant professor from India. How do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. And it's like you eat everything. It's just one bite at a time. Okay. There you go. Right. What else you got? Moderately industrious people have some genuine interest in considering how to accomplish more in less time. I do that so much. Yeah. That is very much so. I'm with fewer resources and can focus consistently on the task at hand. I am always trying to make a task um, completed with the the, the fewest amount of resources and done well. That's my other part. And it's done completely well. But that doesn't, again, there's pros and cons with all of that. Yeah, sure it is. And it, de- it depends on the task. Mm-hmm. It depends on the task. Mm-hmm. That next paragraph is interesting for me. Uh-huh. Highly industrious people are more likely to judge shirkers or people who are incompetent quite harshly, and they want them out of the way. So I find that kind of grim. Out of the is. way. The out of the way thing. I'm going to remove you. <clears throat> yeah. Mine was a little bit more delicately because since I'm oh, moderate, please share. I was only quite likely. To judge. Oh. I'm oh. not as okay. harsh as you. Or with people who are incompetent in a negative manner. That sounds a little rigid. Uh- yeah. Well, m- m- mine says they're so harsh on these people who are incompetent in doing their work is because, in parentheses, they are likely to believe that these people fall short of what their ability to do is because they just don't work hard enough. And, but this reflects exactly what we were just talking yeah. about. But P, you get... You don't receive anything, then you receive failure, and that's what you earned. Yeah, yeah. And this is the very same. Same, same. Yeah, yeah same that's why I'm now. thinking there's some, all the, all of this is kind of marrying a little bit. Uh, right? They feel, people who are highly industrious, they feel guilty rapidly if they do not complete their duty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is nothing, and of course, I, I you know, I speak to self here, every therapist that I know, <laughs> our, our daunting task of clinical notes is, mm-hmm. and it's, one of the things that it never it, ends, it never ends yeah. nor, nor does treatment plans or anything of right. that nature, but it's being able to maintain that efficiently yeah. and promptly and orderly. <laughs> to do their duty, that's true. Now, I will say my brother-in-law once coined the phrase to me. He says, I have conquer syndrome, and that is I see a project. Actually, this happens like when I do art and sculpt and stuff like that. I can't just sculpt and come back to it. I sculpt it all, all at once. And now he calls it conquer. I have a, I have a conquer thing going on with me. So I have to conquer the thing. Now, what's the problem with that is, A, it takes me it takes me out of a realistic time frame to accomplish the task. Mm-hmm. B, it makes me chronically late for dinner or making appointments or keeping promises. And as a result of that, now, I'm, <clears throat> now I am giving them a, half, a half-hearted effort or a hurried effort. Well, that can't happen. And for that for that to happen, you need to be aware of that and say, stop. There is a stop point here. I've got, gotten better at that over time. And that is, I'm going to get from here to here. We're good. We're good. Stop. And I make myself stop. That's nice. But when you're building or fabricating or something like that, if you're doing you know, if you're doing something, you go, well, man, just five more. And you get through five more. That was easy. You got to look at that small pile. And here's 20 more. No. Because you know what that makes? Uh, it makes me late for supper and mama mad. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. And we, you need to you need to be able to go, stop. This is the day's work. Like I said before, you work hard all you want. to be work tomorrow. Come back and take it up again. Right? Sure. Absolutely. But people who are highly industrious, 
they typically stay ahead of schedules. And they are more than willing to accept responsibilities that may surpass their own skill sets just because they like the experience. They love to learn. They love to broaden their horizons. Absolutely. Yeah. I I know that that's true. I've always enjoyed that. It's interesting because it says that they usually, for, uh, for my description, and sometimes I think it's very interesting on the verbiage used in our descriptors when we're very close. Sometimes there's absolutes used in mm-hmm. your language, and sometimes there's more vague yeah. um, words used in yeah. mine. And I think that's interesting because they, in this description, they usually stay on schedule and accept responsibility. They generally avoid experiencing actual guilt. And unless you're your tabs are your task bar is so overwhelmed that you feel like you can't get to it all. And sometimes I thought that was interesting because I do find guilt in saying, oh my goodness, I didn't get to that day today. And I have a checklist that's 45, you know, pages long in my mind. And I'm like, oh, I really should have got to that or I didn't do that. And then we miss other little elements in our life, not just, yeah. not just work related, but personal related. Oh, I forgot to call this person and I forgot to do this. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because Apparently, I don't. It states that that a person with this would have this skill set, but I do experience guilt, and I don't know if that's just because I'm a woman. No, 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 no. I, 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 well, being a business person, business ownership is one of those things that you, those problems don't stop nine to five. Absolutely, they they go home with you, Mm -hmm. and you'll lay at night all in bed. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I can tell you, it can be, and that's very unhealthy, and I do not recommend that. <laughs> that's right, and I can tell you, it can be really damaging to you, your health, your relationships, everything. Yeah, everything. Absolutely. You pay a big, big toll now. Maybe on a few months down the road or years down the road, people see all the successes, but they don't see all the hoops and sacrifices you made mm-hmm. in everything you did to accomplish that. What with, a- with men and women, who do you think is more industrious? Oh, it's men. It's okay. <laughs> Pipe down over I'm there. Kidding. Misogyny. Yeah. Men, men tend to rank around 51.5%, women around 49.5%. See, so it's not very far apart. Unless you get a big old score like 91, like I got this guy. Anyway, next one, orderliness. That's a subcategory, right? That is a subcategory. Sub- subcategory of conscientiousness. It's an aspect of conscientiousness. It is. Very orderly people are uncommonly disturbed or disgusted by mess and chaos. So, What was your score? I got a 93. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've, ha- we've had discussion. We, you and I have had a lot of discussion on order. And we even prior to even taking this, we, we talk about organization and cleanliness and how little things irritate those those aspects of our personality yeah. i told you i have a very big pet peeve of like there should be no i don't understand yes. dishes Kitchen. in the sink it just drives me nuts Kitchen. i don't oops, yeah. sorry. i don't i don't get it and it should not happen ever <laughs> this is all just be in the dishwasher clean so we we share the we share the kitchen thing meaning mm-hmm. when i cook for everyone we're all served at the same time, mm-hmm. and by the time I sit at the table, there's no dishes to be washed except the ones you're eating off. Mm-hmm. It's just the way my process is. Other people would go, why do you do that? And it's unnecessary, blah, blah, That's my process. That keeps things orderly for me. I, on the other hand, for instance, work in a shop where I fabricate things. If I have to do things, I, it is, it could be hard to, diff- it could be difficult to work with me on times, and I recognize this. I am neat to, I'm very orderly. Mm-hmm. And the reason I am. Yes, I know, Dr. Caldwell. Is because <clears throat> I was trained as a machinist, went into the Navy where you are always space conscious. I only have 
this much mm -hmm. space to put, stow all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have that much space to store. We can't have stuff floating around. You can't have stuff lingering around. But the idea is, in my shop, despite all of the mess, I will stop the process to clean my shop to start the next process. I will not walk around on dirt. I can't stand that kind of clutter. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we talk about that whole process. That's probably not most, most men aren't that way. It's just the process of me being raised and educated I, I as a machine. This going back to that biological environmental piece, I think <laughs> biological obviously can play a role here, but environmental, just when we talk about military in general, yeah. there's so much order put into military yeah. that that becomes such a part of you. And yeah. it did become such a part of you that you just applied that to other aspects of your life as you Well, matured. even from birth, mm -hmm. because my whole family is military. Right? Right. I was raised in a military home. So you got a 93 and I got an 84, so I'm fairly orderly myself. Mm -hmm. And my descriptors were the same. It, it's interesting because it's like, it says you tend to think in more black and white terms. And I, I think I, I do have a gray margin and you are absolutely black and white. You are right here. I have no rigid. gray areas. Zero. And he's like, hash I, mark, hash yeah, mark, and hash I put mark. stars all over it. I'm like, yes, <laughs> no right. gray. And this one I said I use, mine was I leave little room for gray area. There is possibility of it. Which I think is very interesting in itself and given some more, pers I guess, some more perspective here. And that is when we were talking about when I can go to get ready for to shoot the podcast and I have hairspray and I have my makeup and I have, and you're just like, what is going on over there? <laughs> I, but I know in my mind, it's all order. At first, it's all in order. Yeah. I know my, you know, my process and then I pick it all up and I, and it's all organized. Yeah. But you to walk in first off. If you were using my makeup, we'd have other conversations. But for you to walk into my area and start working would be very disorganized for you, much like if I walked into yours. Yeah. Because and, the way we see water really, is different. A really, really good fight would be, hey, why don't you clean this crap up, right, Liz? Yeah, that would be a really, really. No. But That would no, be a fight on site. Nobody wants to. No, but, you know, we shouldn't. And that's part of the maturity process, especially with, in relationships, is that your spouse or loved one or partner, they may do things a different way than you do. And sometimes you have to just kind of sit back and say, in the trade for how incomes are earned, kinship, the relationship of a household, if it's it's not as common as it used to be, but if you do have a stay at home, spouse, male or female, if they are taking care of the household, that's their job, that's their charge. Let them do it. As long as they're doing it, let them do it any way they want to do it, unless okay. it's detrimental or harmful or unsafe or unclean or something like that but in the meantime you do your job let them do their job if you can come together overlap help that's great but really you don't want to try to invade somebody else's process it's not mm -hmm. your process if they're doing fine then great mm -hmm. but open communication is a sure way to figure out hey do you need some help because mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't be so cluttered if I did more, or I helped with this, or yeah. So you need. And to well, as we get to the lower half of this, I want to I want to speak to some other elements that I see mm -hmm. in my practice. But they, we do want everything where it should be. We, there isn't. There's a different yeah. understanding of that. I, there should everything. Is, should is that be what yours reads? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They want everything where it should be. What was your score? Uh, Eighty-four. Yeah, yeah. It, that's high for women. Mm -hmm. That's high mm -hmm. for women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're they are rule abiding and tend to insist on that the rules are observed. Mm-hmm. They can be judgmental towards themselves and others if and when the rules are broken or um, procedures are ignored. And this is kind of speaking to a lot of actually, I think, of military ranking in law enforcement. They do not like to be without routine and predictability. That's right. 
that is so much of, of a security of next steps of, of an area of control. Like I know what comes next. I know this is happening versus I don't know what I don't I have no area of control. Yeah. I, this is a very small thing, but it kind of goes into when a family goes into a, a restaurant, where does the man sit? Well, well, you would say the head of the table, but a lot of times we have had this discussion. I've had my family makes fun of this too. This is getting into something else, but I never have my back to the door. That is the same for my husband as well. Right. Yeah. I never. So, yeah. Yeah. It, um, these are, these are traits. Area of control. These are traits Observation, of uh, being nature. situationally aware. It doesn't have to come from combat or anything like that, no, or even no, militarily. No, no. It's just that <clears throat> there is always a perceived or potential threat of harm. And you want to be able to get out of there. Right. And, and I'm trying to do that. So I have, I'm situationally aware. Um, well, and there's this, and I think the masculinity of that you take on your family as your charge of protection yeah, and that it's my job to see potential threats, not being in that paranoid state of yeah. mind. I want to be very clear, but a, a positive or, or, you know, genuine awareness yeah. of, okay, well, this person seems to be abruptly walking over to my table and I don't know why they're doing that. But being able to manage yourself appropriately yeah. is really important. Yeah. So you can be present for your, your family or whomever you're with versus. Oh, when we speak to, there are elements of this that overlap very much. I was surprised uh, when, when, we, when we took this test, and we'll get to it later, that the um, neuroticism, mm -hmm. I, thought what I, I thought I would have been much, much higher. Mm -hmm. But it isn't. But it is, it, it is, in The descriptor fact, gives you some more insight to that. Yeah, it does. It the, the descriptor does. But also that there's overlapping qualities, like when we see in orderliness, is that in, in a situationally controlled thing, I have some order, right? Mm -hmm. I know where my exits are. I know where the people, I know where the kitchen is and the bathroom is. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there, I have, I have stories to tell about why I'm like that. It's not just military, but everybody has their own history, right? Yes. Excessive order, orderliness can also constrain creativity. Yeah. <clears throat> As creativity endeavors often require mass disruption, intervening periods of chaos. Yeah. So I, I have to say, when thinking of that, I had my daughter got Christmas money and she wanted to go buy some toys. And so she bought this stuffed animal that I did not realize that when you got all my sure it was full. There, yeah. there is a, a, there's a stuffed animal under it, but you pull out all these little tiny, tiny strings. And I mean... It was a disastrous mess. It was so, I'm still finding strength. And I'm like, I just told my husband, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, I did not know that yeah. it, it, it was literally string by string by string. And it was hundreds and hundreds of pieces of string. And of course, she's just like going yeah. at it and chaos of, of it everywhere. And I'm like, I will clean this up. It'll be fine. Yeah. And, but I, I was just like, and I kept trying to manage the chaos, if you will, because just keeping her in a, a central location where it wasn't, but then we still find strings yeah. about everywhere. Yeah. But I do think that is yeah, really it, fun. On the, on the man's side of the house, whether it's plumbing, electrical, even the framing, all of the building, the, if you, if you've built anything that's, I built fine furniture and fine furnishings for almost a decade. I know some great, great builders. We're all on different levels, but they're all great builders, and they all do things differently. But the interesting thing about that is that it's the individual orderliness of how they do it. That's their process. Mm -hmm. But that way we can all agree, well, that's beautiful. 
he would have built it differently. And sometimes we don't agree. Right. Absolutely. But the end product is that it's orderly, right? And, and now it's safe. And everyone order is relative to their situation of what they yeah. perceive it to be. Now, again, that only tapers into the re only reason I really bring that up is because of the creativity of all that. So I used to sculpt. It's been a while for, since I sculpted. I still like to sculpt. But the idea is there's a certain mess that goes to sculpting. There's a certain mess that goes to painting. There's a certain... And if you are afraid of making mistakes, your artistic abilities in all likelihood are going to be stifled. You need to, sometimes you need to make mistakes. My professor used to say, at some point in time, you have to hang the art. You can't just keep fixing things and mm -hmm. fixing things. At mm -hmm. some point, you have to put it up there. Right. And you'll learn from that. Right. Yeah. Which is like that overanalyzation. But women are, are more orderly than men. The percentile for women is 54.5 and men is 45.5. And I think this, I do appreciate, because I, I shared with you earlier, this is something that we hear a lot of in just any type of intimate relationship partnerships, and that is the trouble around household work being managed fairly and yeah. and reasonably from one person. And I think it is definitely the individual's view of orderliness. Like I shared, I don't like when I'm cooking a meal, I like to clean as I cook. Yep. So when I'm done, I don't have anything. Yeah. A lot of people will just cook use you know several different pots and pans and plates and things yeah. and and then after it's all done they'll sit down and eat and then they'll go clean i could not do that yeah, yeah. and and my family know they, they know that i'm just like <coughs> over there washing while i while i cook yeah well it's part of your process right and but i definitely know that that is some men don't see the same line of sight around cleanliness and orderly yeah and i think there's because there's some typical traits with women right that we were the ones ideally in some, you know, I guess it would be old fashioned, but that are managing the household and the children and yeah. the schedules and the things. And it's like, well, this goes with this and this goes with this and this goes with this. Well, my challenge, my challenge to all of that is on the opposite side of that is, can you really take the time to socialize and enjoy if you know there's a whole kitchen full of greasy stuff sitting out there? I can't. Yeah. But that, that, some that, people can. That's my point. That's just that's my point. This is your process. This is how you do it. And this is where you got to step back and go, okay, this is her process. This is how she does it. Oh, yes. And I think they, every, my husband and three children know me very well. Yeah. But I just like to clean immediately and clean as I go. So, yeah. How are you doing on time? We are, you know, we're, we're well into a little, just a little bit over an hour here. And we've got, got quite a bit here left to go. Yeah, so at least three more subjects. Yes. So. We could branch off for a little bit mm -hmm. and take a pause and do a part two of okay. understanding myself just because I don't feel like we could rush it in another 15 minutes. And I don't even think we could get through it in another 15 no, I, minutes. It'll take us now. And, and I want to give it its due diligence and yeah. go through it the way we've been doing it. But we will pick up on extroversion. Yeah, that and, sounds good. Let's, um, let's wrap it up for today. And, you know, sorry to leave you hanging, but... Stay tuned for part two. Yeah, we and always appreciate you guys. Please comment and like and smash those buttons and share and all those good things. We're mm -hmm. we're getting better at this, mm -hmm. and this has obviously been some hard work. And I owe much of the hard work to Liz. She takes care of this stuff, and she's she makes my end much easier. But we appreciate you as as, as you watch and. We're learning how, and this process does get easier. We're enjoying it now that we're beginning to have a format, and our pre- and post-production stuff is helping us, too. So when we make mistakes, we know where to edit those things, and 
We'll pull back the curtain. We'll, 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 no, no, it's no, not. No, we're not showing the blooper reel. No, but we have we have fun doing this, and we very much couldn't do it without people who watch. And yes, support and listen, us. we appreciate it. And I want to encourage if you definitely to go to understand myself and yeah, yeah. go and take it. I know it, it is $10. One thing that I do think that was really interesting, and I, I, I can't recall specifically, but I think it's collaborate. There's another button there that where your intimate partner can take one as well mm. and do <clears throat> a comparison around really more of a marital aspect of yeah. how you both look at yeah. um, life a little bit differently and your personality traits and things like that. But, you know, I think this is really beneficial, you know, having taken these types of exams several times. It's good to know where you are uh, anywhere in life about what are my interests in life. Let me take this thing and then be honest with it and say, hey, you know what? I'm, if I am really very the creative type, I'm not, I don't want to be an accountant. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be where I have to do meticulous work where I'm sitting there still quiet and, that's not that's not work for Absolutely. you. If this helps you as a guideline, use something like this. There's, there's subjects like subject matter like that out that help to help direct you, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a good tool. Yes. So we will um, take part two um, up here shortly, and in the meantime, be kind to yourself. If you take this, please be kind to yourself. But be honest. Be honest. Don't be like, well, I don't really want to say that because that makes me look like a bad person. No, just be honest. Yeah. My dad used to say you can say almost anything to anybody if he was a little tact, right? Mm -hmm. And that's true. It's true. I always want to encourage people to take care of yourselves, right? If somebody else needs you, you may not know it, but somebody else needs you. Okay? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Liz. Right. Thanks, guys. See you guys.